this is episode 729 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, July 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Void Terrarium, which is stylized as Void, T-R-R-L-M, open parentheses, close parentheses, semicolon, forward slash, forward slash, Void Terrarium. So you know it's Japanese, and you know it's good. Or is it? I don't know. I'll let you know in a little bit of time. Also, we should talk hashtag fun time. That's uh, two separate games. It's not a, a whole game because that would be terrible even more so than they already sound. No, I did. we should talk sounds fine. Hashtag fun time. <laughs> I don't know if I said fun time right there. If I said fuck time. Uh, it's, it's fun time, though. It's hashtag fun time. It's the stylized version of that title. It's really just fun time and... We should talk two separate games. We should talk about fuck time. Anywho, also, I'll be talking about Ultra Core, Never Song, Sisters Royale, Five Sisters Under Fire. Once again, I talked about it when it came out on PS4, but it just hit Xbox One. And The Last of Us, along with a bit of news about Xbox in general, which I'll get to right now since there's not too much to talk about. Basically, I believe it was Phil Spencer himself who put out a post on, I'm guessing, no, it's probably Xbox Wire. He wouldn't put it on Major Nelson's blog, probably the Xbox Wire, just talking about the Series X and what we can expect from it, including that they expect every Xbox One game besides Connect games to work on the Series X, which I think is something we all expected, both having every game working and not having Connect games work. I thought there might be a window that the Connect could work on the Series X with the adaptive, not the adaptive controller, the adapter that was, I, I think they sold it for a period of time, but they did give it free to people who gave them their serial number and the serial number of their new Xbox so that they could use it on the new consoles because they got rid of the Connect port that was built directly into the console with the uh, iteration of the series, not the series, but the Xbox One S and so on. But that doesn't seem to be the case, which is fine. There aren't a lot of Connect games that ended up coming out, and I think even fewer that are worth caring about. I can't think of a single Connect game on Xbox One that is worth having a Connect for. <laughs> that sounds weird. I feel like that's the Connect version 4.0. And then I feel like the vast majority of games will work without question. And they're just leaving that wiggle room for games that maybe are. I mean, there are games that are broken on Xbox One to varying extents, like Rock Zombies, which I'm sure nobody else here knows about. And that is a game that, and I'm looking at it because I believe that was a game made by a single developer and other games that were developed by small teams, single person teams, and not really supported after they launched and, and maybe broken. Like Rock Zombies, you can't log in and then get achievements or save your progress or anything. You can brute force it, and I think eventually you might be able to log in and all that, but it's way too much of a pain to really deal with that and there are similar games like that that just fall into this camp that they are very tiny they don't have any kind of real backing they're from a small development team that may be a single person and they just 
were released and then never looked at again, never updated nothing. So I could see games like that potentially having issues, maybe. But yeah, I'm excited about the Series X. And the one big thing that I think was hinted at but never confirmed, or maybe it was confirmed, but xCloud, Project xCloud, will be a part of Game Pass Ultimate for no additional cost. And that means it is the only streaming service I will even humor trying because I still am very against streaming in general. And I I don't find myself ever being in a situation where I have a use case for it. If I'm not at home, I wouldn't be playing it over my cellular connection because I'm on a cheap plan. Like I don't have a fancy phone with super fast speeds or anything like that. And I don't see myself being somewhere that has free Wi-Fi and be like, oh, I want to stream this and it's going to be a good experience. Like It's just something that doesn't really make sense to me. And if I'm at home and I want to stream something, there's already been the ability to do so forever with the Xbox whatever app or something that allows you to stream from your home console to another Microsoft device like a Surface or what have you. I don't. Maybe you couldn't do that with other devices outside of that ecosystem. Anyway, that's that's pretty much it in terms of the news. There are more details that were put into that post that you can look into. But I am very excited for the event coming less than a week away now. I believe it's Thursday the 23rd, which is the Thursday, right? Yeah. And I'm just excited to see what Xbox has in store for us. And hopefully they'll have more surprises than one might think. I hope it's not just a bunch of things we expect and then one surprise like the Ubisoft thing that was really terrible. They didn't show anything new outside of the Far Cry 6 trailer that leaked. And after 5, I really can't be bothered to care all that much about Far Cry, which sucks. I I really loved that series for a long time. 2 is still my favorite, and I know we're never going to get another 2. But I'm not overly excited about Far Cry 6. Valhalla is a game that I'm sure I'll love whenever whenever I get around to it. But... I still haven't finished Origins, and I haven't even started Odyssey because I haven't finished Origins. So I am in no way, shape, or form in a place where I feel like I will be playing Valhalla anytime soon because I don't see myself jumping to that prior to finishing Origins or Odyssey. I want to go back and play Black Flag. So there's a... Not going to be a lot of a hallowing in my life in the coming future. And then the one game, though, that did make me very happy, and I was surprised to see so much crap about it, people just not into it for whatever reason, Watch Dogs Legions looks amazing, potentially amazing. It still is up in the air whether they can execute on the concept and realize everything that is being put out there it it just seems very cool conceptually but i don't know if in practice it's going to work in a long form game It, it may work in slices in these little bits and pieces that people have been playing but over the course of an entire game 
Will it get old fast? Will you see that it's very repetitive, that there aren't many archetypes and type of people? Uh, I'm curious about all that, but I'm very excited about that game. And yeah, I'm surprised that it's, I think, coming out in October. And then Valhalla is November. Like I am surprised that Ubisoft is putting out Watch Dogs, Legion, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla so close together. And then Far Cry, I think, is February 2021. So it's a pretty jam-packed four to six months for Ubisoft with big games from their big franchise. Not like side games like a, a Far Cry, New Dawn, or Primal. A proper numbered Far Cry game. The sequel, though it's not Watch Dogs 3 to Watch Dogs 2, the, the full-on sequel, and then the new Assassin's Creed game. It's going to be a busy time. And also with Valhalla, especially, even though it's a very different type of game, coming out in November now with Cyberpunk 2077, I in no way would play that over Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is way more my jam and something I'm way more interested in. So it's going to be a packed fall, potentially. Of course, we're going to have the new consoles coming out around then that we still don't know exactly when. And hopefully, oh man, I hope Microsoft just shoots first and gives us the release date and the price for Series X and has pre-orders live because I think I could be wrong. Probably I'm wrong. I feel like this is the longest we've gone without a price and release date for consoles we are assuming will launch in the fall like i i don't know what has been the shortest window between that period of, of announcement and actual release of course I, ignoring the saturn or shit like that okay okay but like in in the more traditional sense I feel like we're getting really close to the point where we got to get this shit done so that pre-orders can happen so that like, of course you can have it so that pre-orders go live a month before that. Like it it ultimately doesn't matter because pre-orders are going to sell out for both of these consoles because the hardcore gamers come out to play in the beginning. These consoles will be on equal footing from the very beginning. And then we'll see how things play out after that. Of course, I don't expect Xbox to make any kind of splashes overseas i mean europe sure they can make a dent but i think they're pretty much effed in japan who knows i don't know nobody knows if the the one thing they have going for it is that it's a smaller box than the playstation 5 and they will have some games now the yakuza games will be there and yakuza will be there on day one so or at least yakuza like a dragon still hoping that we see yakuza 3 through 6 and judgment announced for xbox at some point but anyway let's get on to what i've been playing starting with void terrarium and void terrarium is a mashup of two different games though one of them is not really much of a game i mean i guess it is a game but in terms of the actual gameplay you're not doing a whole bunch you have your one area where it's a side-scrolling I don't even want to call it a platformer because you're basically just taking care of this girl in this terrarium. You find this human girl, though this is taking place in a world where humans are all but extinct and you are a robot 
that I don't remember. I like blinked or something, and I'm not sure if the rat or mouse I was controlling in the beginning went in the went into the robot and is now controlling the robot, or if maybe the rat or mouse was just killed and then I was controlling the robot. But regardless, you are in this this 2D side scrolling beautiful space with painterly visuals. It's a very good looking bit of the game. And then you have your terrarium with your girl that you are taking care of and collecting resources for and a computer with a face on it that talks to you and helps you out and stuff like that. But then the other part of the game where you go to collect resources so that you can fix the girl's home and get her food and other resources. And you have to feed her. You have to clean up after her like a pet, which is what she essentially is. Uh, there have been comparisons to Tamagotchis, and that is a pretty apt comparison. But when you are venturing into these places in the world, it turns into a 3D grid-based rogue-esque game, like the original rogue and similar games that you're moving from space to space. And every time you move or make an action, the enemies that are there will move or, or take one action as well. So you're you're moving one space at a time or, or just interacting one bit at a time. And those bits, which are what the majority of the actual game is and the gameplay, aren't all that fun. It looks significantly worse. It it just doesn't have a very appealing look to it. And the actual gameplay of going around these little spaces, collecting resources, attacking enemies, isn't the most fun. Every time you enter a new space, a new dungeon, you start off back at level one. So you're always leveling up through... The dungeon, you you don't keep any of your your leveling. You can find resources and equipment and stuff like that. But it just isn't that much fun. I really like it conceptually, having this person to take care of and help grow and nurture and having this rogue-esque gameplay. But in practice, the, the actual gameplay bits, the dungeon crawling bits, aren't super exciting don't look that great and it just isn't a whole lot of fun to play so it turned out to be a pretty disappointing experience and i'm a little bummed by it but yeah that is void terrarium which is on ps4 and switch i believe i was playing it on ps switch i believe i was playing it on ps4 then we should talk which i played on xbox one is a game that is essentially an interactive story a choose-your-own-adventure kind of you can call it. But I'd more so just say it's an interactive story that feels like a twine game with a skin on it, a game skin on because there's not much going on visually. You have your very simplistic but good-looking stylized characters on screen, and the game itself will take you probably somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes to get through for one run, and there are, I think nine different endings and the the story is you are at a bar and you are texting back and forth with your girlfriend samantha and while you're doing this you interact with a handful of people at the bar the bartender themselves an old friend who i guess was an old flame and a stranger who you met or you swiped right on like a tinder type of profile and while this is going on you're talking to your girlfriend sam and you can steer the conversation in 
one of many different directions. You can be very hostile and send the relationship towards destruction. You can be very supportive. You can be friendly, but a little bit vague in terms of who you're talking to, not tell her the truth and how you are talking to one of your exes and stuff like that. Or you can just be full on honest. It's a, a good game. It, it, if this type of game sounds appealing to you, I 100% recommend it. And the reason why is because the game, and any game like this, lives and dies on the writing. And the writing is really good. It feels authentic. And for me, it is a little bit too authentic with what is going on in my real life. So I found it somewhat uncomfortable to play. And I, I knew because of that, that it was working, that it was actually eliciting a physical and emotional reaction for me because it was working. The conversations didn't feel forced or fake. They felt honest and true. And if, like I said, these types of games appeal to you, I highly recommend checking out We Should Talk. And it's only, I think, $6.99. I got a code for it, but it's, it's a, a really well put together game with a really good bit of writing. So yeah, We Should Talk is definitely something to check out if those types of games appeal to you. But those are definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Then Hashtag Fun Time is a Geometry's ripoff, really. It's just Geometry Wars. It's fine. It has good music. It looks fine. It looks like Geometry Wars. It has the same thing where if... You get hit by an enemy, it'll have that little like stutter where everything slows down and the music kind of cuts out. The The one difference is that you have the ability to change your vehicle, your spaceship, to one of the colors of the face buttons. You just press the face button and it'll change you to that color. And there will be lasers of various colors that you can only get through without taking damage if you are that color, so you can use it there. And there was something that they mentioned in like a tutorial and I just did not pay attention or I can't remember where you can do something with enemies of the same color, I think, whether it's surrounding them or like if you can box them in, they will end up getting destroyed. I'm not entirely sure, but it was fine. I just got a code for it out of the blue and I checked it out and I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's just very much so Geometry Wars and I don't know why I would play it over Geometry Wars. The one mode that stood out, because there are, there are various different modes. There are things like mazes where you have to get through in the shortest amount of time as possible, which are fine. But the one mode that I really enjoyed, I don't even know it's a mode, it's just a mission because the story, campaign, whatever it is, the single player content that isn't just the arcade mode or whatever, has you going through these different missions. And one of them is where they had two lasers of two different colors going horizontally and then two lasers of the other two colors going vertically and they'd be going back and forth and you would have to change your ship to match the color of the laser that is closest to you and to avoid damage. And I really liked that little gameplay mode, little mission. I had a lot of fun with that. So I'm not sure if there are any more like that because I, I didn't play through the entire thing, but it's it seems all right if, if you like Geometry Wars a lot and you want something that can scratch that itch and you don't want to just play more Geometry Wars, Fun Time is worth checking out. Then Ultra Core is a Sega Genesis game, and I think it was maybe going to come out on a few other consoles, but a Sega Genesis game that was 
never finished. It was like 99% complete back in the day, and then they never released it. And it originally came out exclusively for the first time ever on the Mega SG. It was the included game built in on the console. But now it's available on PlayStation 4 and Switch. And it's a run-and-gun type of shooter that feels very much so like a game from that era and it's not too bad it's pretty easy I, I didn't find it to be too difficult outside of there are times where you will maybe be going up an elevator and all the enemies in the game they are basically just moving towards you at all times so the flying enemies the walking enemies they will just be walking towards you if they can sense you and when you are going towards an elevator, there may be enemies above you who you don't see because you can't see that far up, and then they'll just fall on top of you. And I had a situation where I was getting ready to use an elevator waiting for it to come down for me, and then five mechs in a row, one after another, just fell on top of me. And I was like, God, what is going on? Why do they just keep... Can I catch a break? Thankfully, they didn't do too much damage, and I managed to kill them all pretty quickly after that. But I was just like, are they ever going to stop coming? They just keep coming and coming and coming. But Ultra Core is a solid little game. It, it's set up where you're going through the environment. You are going through these facilities, collecting key cards to open up pathways to progress and stuff like that. And flipping switches to make things or, or doorways, etc. open so you can keep moving forward. And... It's not bad. My one gripe with it, or it's just something that I had to get used to initially, is that the way shooting works is that if you're moving and press the fire button, you will basically be in a strafing setup where no matter if you press back or forward or whatever, you will always be shooting in that direction. You won't be shooting behind you if you press the opposite direction or anything like that, which is fine. But then if you are stopped in place, you can shoot in... 180 degrees I believe or I don't think you can shoot directly downwards but you can shoot maybe like 135 degrees and that was just something I had to wrap my head around because there'll be times when I would be running towards an enemy and would want to shoot them if they're like just a little bit above me and you have to basically jump to do that unless you stop in place and then rotate the angle of your firing but it's all right if you are someone who has nostalgia for that era, if you were a big Sega Genesis fan, or, you know, Super Nintendo, whatever, the 16-bit era. Anywho, that is, again, Ultra Core. Then Neversong is a platformer that supposedly has things to say about depression and all that. It gives you a little warning in the beginning, and it's very heavy on story. The story that I've consumed didn't do much for me in terms of making me feel anything. As someone who has dealt with depression in the past. I didn't find it to be saying much of anything. You were playing this boy, Pete, who just woke up from a coma and his girlfriend, Ren, was kidnapped and it's in this weird other world place where all the humans, or not the humans, all the adults are gone. And I'm not sure if they're dead or what, but it is a fantastical world with giant creatures and you are gradually getting new abilities as you make your way through the game. And it's a bit of a puzzle platformer. One of the first things involves rolling this dude, who I guess is a baby centipede, through a bunch of different 
surfaces so that he'll get all these different types of materials stuck on him that will make him smell a certain way so that his mother will be like, what is going on? Why do you smell so funky? And then you fight her and then you finish that area. But you start off, you get a bat, which allows you to break certain items and attack enemies. The attacking of enemies doesn't feel that great. The jumping is okay. Mechanically, it's it's okay, but not especially great. And the second thing you will get is the ability to cling on to these little orange balls that you can swing on. And the, the progression system of slowly, gradually unlocking new abilities and ways to navigate the environment is good. And the puzzle platforming bits are solid. But the story, which it puts front and center and gives you a lot of and acts like it has something to say, doesn't really have anything to say in my experience. Just from what I've played, I wasn't grabbed by this story at all. I didn't care. I didn't find it to be moving or difficult as someone who's dealt with these things. Like I said, it just, it was whatever. I was like, okay, why, why am I supposed to care about what's going on? What is this actually supposed to be about? What am I, what am I getting out of this? I don't know. Anywho, that is Never Song, which is an okay game, but play it for the gameplay itself. Don't play it for the story. Next up is Sisters Royale, Five Sisters Under Fire, which is a shmup, an anime-infused shmup, where you're playing one of a handful of magical girls. Well, more than a handful. I think there are like eight or ten. There are quite a few. And I played this back on PS4, and I liked it, and I still like it. I think what makes Sisters Royale so inviting and pleasant is that it's just very easy and player-friendly. You don't have to worry about dying or anything like that. You will die, of course. There are plenty of moments where the game is just insane with shit going on on screen, but a lot of the characters you can play as have homing versions of their attacks, or their attacks are just by default homing, which makes things a lot easier dealing with enemies. And if you end up dying, you just continue right from where you left off, which makes it very easy. You will lose all your points, so you won't get the highest of high scores, and that will affect your final score when the game is over. It goes through five stages per character. And yeah, it's it's a fun little shmup that is just easy to get through. It won't take you long to get through, like most shmups. I don't think any shmup is particularly long, but it just it doesn't punish the player. And I think for some that might be a turnoff, but if you just want a casual friendly thing that can be brutal, but again, you can just continue as many times as you want. There are no limit on continues. It's just going to affect your score in the end. So you may end up with an E score for your entire run through or something like that. You won't get an A or an S or anything like that. But if that doesn't matter to you, you just have a good time with this lighthearted little shmup that's really bright and colorful and I like it. I think it's a, a fun little time. Then I've been playing through The Last of Us again, the first one with my father. He showed interest in the second game after seeing a trailer, so I decided to start playing or to replay the first one so he can get the story context of that. And yeah, I'm saving my gameplay for a potential second runs episode if that ever ends up being a thing. This will be the first episode. 
but I've played just about two hours now, and I'm not really enjoying it. I I don't remember how I, f- I think I liked it when it originally came out, but going back to it now, it's just that Naughty Dog gameplay just sucks. It really fucking sucks. The gunplay is not good, and even the stealthy bits, I'm not overly fond of. It just... Uh, it's, it's not really doing much for me. I will say, though, that the opening bit with Joel and his actual daughter, it's still something that I don't think is as powerful as a lot of people think it is. But when I was playing it with my father sitting next to me, it definitely had a different vibe to it all because I had my father sitting next to me as Joel lost his daughter. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. So that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krishnaz. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out my art on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.